to the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products or their benefits, give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405-458-9699. They have a staff that's dedicated to helping you live a better life. So don't be afraid to ask any questions and educate yourself on these products. We're also saving you 15% when you order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW. Once again, for 15% off when you order online, abotanicalcompany.com. All right, I hope everybody had a great weekend. We had a really fun draft on Friday. If you missed that, uh, Carson Cunningham, Aaron Davis, and myself drafted all-time NCAA Final Four participants from the expanded bracket era. That's a lot of qualifiers, but it was a really good time, and it, it really got me Uh, even more excited for the NCAA tournament and March Madness and everything that we watched over the weekend. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, uh, go back to Friday's episode and uh, give that a watch or a listen. It was a ton of fun. But, man, what a wild weekend it was as far as the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I think there's a a lot of places to start, but let's just go back to last night and the Oklahoma State-Oregon State game. Uh, You know, when you look at that Midwest region, And Loyola Chicago pulling off the upset against Illinois. When you go back a few days and Oregon State even beating Tennessee, uh, things had really opened up for Oklahoma State to make a run in this region. And, you know, going back to Selection Sunday, I remember Jay Billis making the statement that Oklahoma State got the toughest draw in the entire tournament because they were going to have to face Liberty and then Tennessee and then Illinois. And the Cowboys are able to get past Liberty, and then all of a sudden, Oregon State takes out Tennessee, Loyola Chicago takes out Illinois, and things open up for a a considerably easier path, I think, in in the minds of most people, and it it doesn't go their way. Uh, Starting out with the game last night, my first thought was, what a painfully terrible game that was to watch as far as the officiating and the stoppages the game had no flow. The game had no pace. It just felt like it was constantly uh, inbounds plays and free throw shooting, and it just wasn't what we expect from a March Madness uh, matchup. So I, I was really disappointed that the refs kind of took over the game. Uh, not to say that one team or the other benefited, because I don't think that was the case. I don't think it was called one way and not the other. I think it was called pretty fair across the board. The problem was it just, you know, it, it kind of just ruined, I think, the. Uh, viewing experience with so many stoppages. Uh, and and look, I think if you're either one of those teams, it's it's hard to find a rhythm when the game's being stopped that much. And then you have guys in foul trouble and on and off the floor. It was just, I, I hated in a win or go home situation. And I hate this in, in any win or go home situation in the NCAA tournament where the whistle dictates the majority of the action. That just sucks. But as far as the game itself and what we watched, you know, Oregon State starts one for 11, and then from that point forward, they just couldn't seem to miss in the first half. They were, I think they finished 11 for 18 after starting one for 11 and had the big lead at halftime. And honestly, that 14-point lead at halftime, to me, actually, it was a little bit surprising. It felt like Oregon State should be up by more than 14, uh, given the way that they made the comeback and, and dug out of the hole early. But, you know, as far as the second half... Oklahoma State's most successful stretch in this game was when they were pressuring Oregon State. And and we saw this from the Beavers all night. When Oklahoma State pressured them, they struggled to break the press, and that's what allowed Oklahoma State to climb back into the game. Once again, though, I think the whistles here, 
um, kind of put a stop to that because Oklahoma State got in foul trouble. And, you know, I think they just felt like they couldn't afford to foul guys out with uh, that, that pressure style uh, brand that they were playing. But look, it, it got them back in the game. And the bottom line is down the stretch, Oklahoma State had many opportunities and they just, they failed to convert. There was a period of time where it felt like the shot selection was just god awful. Uh, and then down the stretch, they had a bunch of good looks and, and ball, the ball just didn't go in. Not to mention the fact that they got to the free throw line uh, more than Oregon State did and converted less free throws than Oregon State did. So it, it's, a, it's a recipe for failure when you get when you don't make free throws and you get out rebounded the way they did I th- the differential in the rebound department was was pretty one-sided as far as Oregon State winning that battle but to get to the line more than Oregon State and make less free throws is pretty damning at, at the end of the day in a game that was basically decided by free throws and free throw shooting um, I, I did see this stat from ESPN this morning this game had more made free throws in an NCAA tournament game than any game since 2002. So you you have to go back 19 years to find another NCAA tournament game that had this many made free throws, which once again just speaks to what a travesty it was that in a game that gives somebody a spot in the Sweet 16, uh, the officials did their best to make an appearance in one shining moment. Like the one thing I remember about that game more than anything is going to be the whistle, and that's really unfortunate. So... At the end of the day, what an incredible run for Mike Boynton for Oklahoma State. This team wasn't even supposed to be in this situation. And, you know, for as average as they looked for the first part of conference play, a couple losses to TCU, which, you know, at the end of the season seemed really head-scratching, they really turned it on down the stretch. They gave Cowboy fans a lot to be excited about. And look, for Cowboy fans to get one season of Cade Cunningham, a guy that that is that caliber of a player, uh, to, to watch him wear the jersey and play on your home floor. And, you know, he, he's obviously going to be one of the all-time greats in school history, most likely the first pick in the upcoming NBA draft. Uh, incredible season for Cade Cunningham. And, and, look, I think the future's bright for Oklahoma State and Mike Boynton as well. That's a team that has a bunch of young players, that has a bunch of talented players. And, you know, certainly they're going to miss Cade Cunningham. But I, I'm excited to see, you know, who's next, who's going to be that guy that puts more on his shoulders. And I think collectively all of those guys are going to have to step their game up without having Cade Cunningham. But we saw them beat West Virginia late in the year with Cade on the sideline due to an injury. So it's a team that I think can do it. And I think we'll see all these players grow uh, throughout this offseason going into next year and not having Cade Cunningham on the squad next year. But uh, again, I, I just can't say enough good things about the job Mike Boynton did for this Oklahoma State team. Before we talk Oklahoma-Gonzaga a little bit uh, going into today's matchup, uh, the Big 12 in general, you know, I felt all year long like they were the best conference in the country. I know the Big 10 was getting a lot of love, but I always felt like like the Big 12 had the better high-end teams. Uh, you know, the Big 10 obviously has more teams, got more teams into the tournament, but, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. I, I really liked the Big 12 going into this NCAA tournament, and they start this thing 6-0. and Terrific start for the conference. And then Texas happens. I had Texas in my final four. I, I thought they their length, uh, you have a senior point guard in Matt Coleman, their length, their athleticism. I thought they were just going to give, they're, they're a tough matchup, bottom line. And uh, for as well as they were playing down the stretch, uh, I, I just like them to continue that momentum. And they just, they ran into a team that turns you over and makes you play sloppy basketball. And they did that. And, uh, it's crazy that that Texas gets upset in the first round 
And for Shaka Smart, a guy that was hired from VCU for all of his tournament success, hired in 2015 at Texas, he has zero NCAA tournament wins, which is just a mind-blowing number. And look, consider the fact that they've had, what, three or four lottery picks since he's been the head coach at Texas and still zero NCAA tournament wins. That is mind-blowing to me. And I've, I, I've, I've seen this conversation on Twitter quite a bit over the last couple days. Will Shaka Smart get fired at Texas? I have a hard time believing that's the case. Shaka Smart would be owed $7 million as far as the buyout goes for Texas. And the Longhorns this offseason fired Tom Herman. They're paying Tom Herman to not coach football in Austin. They bring in Steve Sarkeesian. And now they would be asked to pay $7 million to a basketball coach to not coach the basketball team and then bring in another basketball coach. So, you know, I know it's it's an athletic department and a university that has a ton of, uh, of money and has a ton of donors and, uh, you know, they can get things done financially if they need to. But I just have a hard time imagining in the same year that they're going to pay Tom Herman and Shaka Smart to go away. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would bet against Shaka Smart getting bought out this season, but Texas loses. And then, you know, from that point on, uh, Baylor gets it done yesterday, but the big 12 also loses West Virginia and Texas tech and Oklahoma state. And look, we'll see what happens with, um, with Kansas and, and USC. And in my bracket, I had USC beating Kansas. That's, that's actually one of the few matchups in the second round that, that made it. Um, my bracket just got torn to shreds and, and there's just so much red ink on the bracket, but USC-Kansas is one of the few second-round matchups that I had, and I had USC beating Kansas, so we'll we'll see what that holds. And again, we'll talk about OU-Gonzaga here in a moment. But, uh, you know, is Baylor looks terrific. They looked really good against Wisconsin yesterday. I, I said on the podcast last week, I thought the best possible matchup for a, a, an NCAA championship was Gonzaga-Baylor. That's who I had in my bracket. Uh, they, they look like the best two teams, so... I hope that we watch lots of upsets all the way to the final, and I hope we get a Gonzaga-Baylor final because I, I just think it would be a great game, and I would love to see the matchup. As far as Oklahoma goes, um, give them a ton of credit for winning that game against Missouri. It kind of felt like Oklahoma went back to the gutsy, just tough mentality that that really, I, I think, got them on a roll early in the season. You just got to find ways to win, and especially this time of year, there's there's no bad teams there are no bad teams in the NCAA tournament. So uh, you're going to play somebody good. And even if you're not playing your best basketball, you you have to just be tough enough to find a way to get it done. And without Dav- Davion Harmon, uh, initially, I, I picked OU to win this game when the matchup was first announced. I, I just thought both teams were struggling down the stretch, but Oklahoma's ceiling was much higher than Missouri's. And then you lose a guy like Davion Harmon, and I, I changed my pick. I don't know how many other people uh, felt the same way, but I just thought a team that's not playing well and loses a player like that, um, I, I ended up going Missouri. But, look, I think it's it's also fair to say you lose a player like that, and it just it requires everyone else to give that much more. And maybe that's something that Oklahoma needed. When you struggle as much as they have and your confidence level starts to get – drop down a little bit, maybe losing a player like that and making everybody step it up the way that, that you know, they had to without Harmon uh, pays off in a positive way. But credit them for winning that game, and now they've got a team that I think is as good as any college basketball team we've seen in the last few years. I mean, this, this Gonzaga team is no joke, and for as much as people want to talk about being undefeated in a non-major conference and all of that. Granted, they are not playing the best competition, and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you for sure 
that they would be undefeated if they were playing in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or the ACC. But I do think they are the best team in college basketball. Um, they still have a high end that I think is unmatched by anybody, maybe outside of Baylor, uh, which is why I'm hoping for that matchup in the championship. But their high end is is really, really good, and they're so versatile. They don't really have a weakness. Um, they are, they're really good. So I, I know the competition isn't great uh, in their conference, but don't let that take away from how good they actually are. And, and look, as far as the matchup, they're a 15-point favorite going into this game against Oklahoma. I, I would say this. This tournament has been absolutely crazy, and it's been bananas, and we've seen a lot of upsets. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's impossible for Oklahoma to get it done. But this just feels like a different situation than Abilene Christian against Texas or Oral Roberts against uh, Ohio State. I, I think when you look at Texas, you look at Ohio State, those aren't teams that that feel like they are – as complete and well-rounded as Gonzaga is. If, if one part of Gonzaga's game isn't working, I feel like they have other ways to win. And look at the personnel as well. I mean, between Corey Kispert and Timmy and uh, Jalen Suggs, who I, I've been a big fan of since I, I saw the first couple games of, of non-conference, uh, I, I just think this Gonzaga team's really good. I think they're the best in the country. I think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to cruise to a victory. Uh, but... We'll see what happens. If they face a little adversity, if they don't make some shots early and Oklahoma is able to, to start hot, then you know maybe they feel the pressure a little bit like Illinois did against Loyola, and uh, maybe the pressure gets to them. But I, I certainly don't see them just laying down and, and just getting flat-out beat. I, I think this is a situation where Oklahoma is going to have to have some help from Gonzaga, whether it's turnovers or you know something like that. But um, I, I, I did tell you guys back in November watching Jalen Suggs that I was really impressed with him. And for as much chatter as there was about Cade Cunningham and how great he was going to be as a one and done and the future NBA draft, I felt like Jalen Suggs was, you know, the next guy in line, the next step down. And I don't even know that that's fair to say the next step down. I just, he, he obviously isn't quite the same guy. They're a little bit different players, to be honest with you, and they were in different situations. Um, you know, Jalen Suggs is in a situation with a veteran team and star players, star college basketball players around him where it's not all on his shoulders, and he, he is the guy on certain nights, and some nights he's just that traditional facilitator, that traditional point guard, um, which is one reason why I like his game. When I've watched Jalen Suggs this year, you just see a guy that, you know, at times calls his own number and can score and shoot and get to the rim. And then on, on, on other nights, he's the guy that's just, you know, running the tempo and the pace and setting everybody else up and, and um, getting into the lane and, and kicking it out for open shots. So I love how well-rounded his game is. Cade Cunningham was in a situation where, Again, I think Oklahoma State's talented, but it's a bunch of young guys. Cade Cunningham went into that situation as the number one player, the go-to guy. And you know, when when Oklahoma State is in a situation where they need a bucket, Cade Cunningham's the guy that's taking that shot. For Gonzaga, they have a number of guys that can take that shot. So different circumstances, but I really liked watching Jalen Suggs' game evolve all year long and and seeing how well-rounded he was uh, on different nights. So for Thunder fans. You know, we talk about the NBA draft and, and you know, hoping that Cade Cunningham eventually hears his name called as, as an Oklahoma City Thunder in the draft. But 
When you consider the Houston Rockets have lost 20 in a row, which, by the way, is tied for the longest losing streak in NBA history, the Rockets know how to tank. You know, to take a break real quick, we talk about tanking. This is how you tank. You lose 20 in a row, one more loss, you have the biggest losing streak in NBA history, and... If they don't if they don't finish in the top four, the Thunder get their pick. So I mean, this is perfect for Houston. The Thunder fans have to be just rolling over right now when when they see how successfully Houston is tanking. But you know, if Houston were to end up with Cade Cunningham in this draft and the Thunder are on the clock, I would love the Jalen Suggs pick. I, I just think the guy has an incredible skill set, and I, I would just love to see him developed and, and to see what he could become because I really do think this guy has the potential to be an NBA all-star at the next level or be a really high player, a high-level player. So uh, keep an eye on Jalen Suggs today for Gonzaga. As far as some of the other Cinderella's around college basketball, I mean, again, the Loyola story, you know, it's it's terrific. Um, I, I was joking yesterday about the Sister Jean situation. Sister Jean at this point is as known a face in the March Madness world as, I mean, some of the some of the great college basketball players, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure that the majority of people watching this or listening to this right now couldn't name a single Loyola player from the run a couple years ago or this Sweet 16 team, but everybody knows Sister Jean. Like, her face is iconic in terms of college basketball and Cinderella. Like she, she, I think she's become the face of Cinderella in March Madness. Uh, And it's really cool to see Loyola back in this situation. Uh, How about Oral Roberts? This is, this is maybe my favorite story in the NCAA tournament, Uh, a 15 seed to the sweet 16. It's only the second time ever Florida Gulf coast was the first to ever do it, but to, to beat or, or to beat, uh, Ohio State, and then Florida as the 15 seed, a couple of Urban Meyer schools. Oral Roberts is a fun team, and, you know, I, I didn't watch them play in the regular season. I'm a little di- little bit disappointed that I wasn't more familiar with Oral Roberts, and, and you look at Asmus and how good he is, and O'Banner, this is a fun team. I, I don't think they're done. I think that game against Arkansas is going to be terrific. These teams played earlier in the year, and this wasn't a game earlier in the year where – Arkansas was just clearly the better team. I think this is going to be a really good game, and I wouldn't be surprised if Oral Roberts got it done. Um, I, I like this run they're on. And look, anytime you have one of the best guards in the country uh, to control the pace and the tempo and, and to score the way that he can score and get you buckets, I wouldn't count Oral Roberts out by any means. So that will be a fun matchup against Arkansas. As far as the next round of games, that actually might be my favorite matchup. Uh, Oral Roberts and Arkansas. So highlight that game when the NCAA tournament starts again in the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts, Arkansas, awesome matchup. And then we have Syracuse pulling off the upset over West Virginia yesterday. Um, How about Jim Beheim has it figured out, right? Like he runs this zone that nobody else runs, and it almost kind of feels like college basketball's version of, of the triple option right? Like nobody else is doing what he's doing. And even though the teams in his conference may be somewhat familiar with him and they don't just win the conference every year, you get to the NCAA tournament and play against teams that don't see that very often. And every year it seems like they just have all this NCAA tourney success, which is really, I mean, the ultimate measurement for as much as you can talk about winning percentage and conference championships and all of that. I mean, we, we t- I mentioned it a second ago. Shaka Smart's been at Texas since 2015 and has zero NCAA tournament wins. 
the NCAA tournament is the ultimate measure of success. And, you know, it's why Tom Izzo, who's been at eight Final Fours, is viewed so highly. Jim Beheim seems to get into March, and all of a sudden he plays a bunch of teams that have no idea how to attack that, that zone. And Syracuse seemingly every year has a lot of success. And, and look, as far as Buddy Beheim, can we stop stealing nicknames? Are, are, isn't there enough room to come up with new nicknames without calling him Buddy Buckets? There is a Buddy Buckets. It was a former college basketball player of the year and a guy that went to a Final Four, Buddy Heald. It's not as though the nickname Buddy Buckets was some obscure guy that never really had any national relevance. It's not even been, what, five years since Buddy Heald made his NCAA tournament run and was called Buddy Buckets? Uh, It's just crazy to me how they're just stealing nicknames. I mean, is that what we do now? Um, Can I just go call anybody the Galloping Ghost or... Uh, King James, like, I don't know, just, it, it feels weird to just call another guy the nickname that, that's already taken, but uh, whatever, it, it is what it is. It's just, it's somewhat amusing to me to see uh, everybody going off on the Buddy Buckets thing uh, when there's already a Buddy Buckets. All right, somewhat of a short show today, so uh, that's going to do it uh, as far as covering the NCAA tournament. We've got a lot of tournament games this afternoon as well, including Oklahoma-Gonzaga. Again, the Zags are 15-point favorites in that game, so we'll see if Oklahoma can compete or make it close or make Gonzaga sweat for that matter. But uh, and, and I wouldn't, again, rule out the possibility of an upset, but this just feels like a completely different situation than what we've seen from Loyola and Oral Roberts and Abilene Christian. So uh, excited for that game, but... Um, We have Eric G. coming up tomorrow. We have Aaron Davis on Wednesday, Will Brewer on Thursday. Uh, Will and I will preview the next UFC pay-per-view card this Saturday. Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou for the UFC heavyweight title. It's a rematch. That's going to be just a blockbuster in terms of a main event. So we'll uh, we'll hit that later this week. And then the NFL draft is right around the corner. And especially, uh, I think, in in the midweek, Throughout this NCAA tournament, we're going to pay attention to the NFL draft, and uh, I've got a lot of mock drafts. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm polished up on this draft class, so that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about as well. And look, my Dallas Cowboys finally made a move in free agency. It's not a blockbuster, but they have addressed the safety position, and I'm absolutely thrilled about it. So we'll talk football the rest of the week as well. So uh, again, thank you for watching or listening, no, mat- no matter where it is, YouTube, Uh, the stream on Twitter or any of the podcast platforms. You guys are appreciated. And as always, if you ever want to reach out and uh, ask a question or comment on something, feel free to do so at Colby underscore Daniels on Twitter, Colby.Daniels on Instagram. All right, Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, Kratom, CBD, Delta 8, they have all of that, and when you order online, you can save 15%. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW when you visit abotanicalcompany.com, and we'll save you some money. Plus, they have a drive through for pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient pickup at Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. And again, check out their website, order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody, have a great day, stay safe, and I'll see you tomorrow.
The podcast is over.